When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been. I'm hoping that you drop so in. Very nice. I'll hold your hands there just like I. My mother will start to worry. Welcome so back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Um, we got a lot to get into. We're talking about that 2023 recruiting class because um, it is right now ranked as the number three recruiting class in the country. And um, uh, I don't know if the Longhorns are done yet. Thought they were done, but uh, maybe they're not completely done. 22 commits total in this 2023 recruiting class. Um, Arch Manning, of course, the uh, the highest ranked recruit in the class. They do have Four or five stars, uh, Arch Manning being the highest rated one. Anthony Hill, top, and Arch Manning is the top quarterback in the country. Uh, Anthony Hill, top linebacker in the country. Uh, Cedric Baxter Jr., he is the top running back in the country. And then uh, Jonte Cook, one of the best wide receivers in the country, um, but he also uh, a five-star prospect. After that, um, do have some really good prospects. We'll get deep into that uh, later on with my man uh, Mike Roach, as a matter of fact, um, as I speak. Uh, My man Mike Roach is joining us right now on the of a Carol's Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We appreciate his time because it's his busy season. Uh, Mike Roach at Mike Roach 247 uh, in the Twitterverse, recruiting editor at Horns 24-7. And also, he is a uh, published author at this point as well. You can go check out uh, his works available at Amazon.com. The Road to Texas, incredible twists and improbable turns along the Texas Longhorns recruiting trail. Uh, my man Craig Way actually wrote the foreword for Mike. Uh, so he's got prediction just clout uh, in his uh, first book. What's going on, Mike? Thanks for the time. Hey, you're no you're no selling the whole deal. The best chapter in the book is the Rob chapter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like I said I, I don't want to bring the value down of the book. So I want people I want people to buy it for Christmas gifts, Mike. Stuff like that for people who don't like me. They were like, oh, I'm not going to buy that thing now. But no, it is a great gift. I'm actually uh, thinking of buying it for a couple of people who are big time Longhorn uh, recruiting fans too this holiday season. So, uh, Mike, congratulations on that. Number one and uh, number two, uh, give me your thoughts on this 2023 recruiting class just overall. Um, it's a really, a really strong group. I mean, obviously, when you look at kind of the headliners in the class, more five stars than they've signed in recent memory. Um, but I think if you look at also kind of the way they they've closed as of late, getting uh, to Celia Connor today just kind of minutes ago, um, a really strong push from the staff. And looking at the positions of need coming into it, I think linebacker and edge were two of the biggest positions of need, and they certainly filled. Uh, both of those positions with with top end prospects. I mean, elite elite players at each position. So, 
you know, that's two years in a row that Steve Sarkeesian looked at his roster and said, we got an obvious weakness here. Let's go attack it. Last year it was offensive line. This year it was edge and, and linebacker, and, I, and they've done a really strong job. So um, I can't say enough. I think there's, you know, there's probably a few positions they'd like to have a little more at, but right now, I mean, I, I would assume the mood of the staff is pretty high. Mike, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, obviously you just broke it all down and talking about this class, and right now they're sitting at an overall ranking of number three and a composite ranking of three as well. Is there any other names that are out there that uh, might surprise you or might be considered a flip a little bit later? Because every every social media post I keep seeing – Everybody keeps saying, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Is that just because of the timing of everything and how everybody's uh, national signing day is a little bit different than others? A little bit. I think the the big one they were waiting on today was DeAndre Moore, the four-star wide receiver from St. John Bosco in California, who no-showed his press conference and decided not to sign anything today. So he's gone kind of completely underground. There were a lot of vibes, Texas going to get him and today it was like well he may stick with his Louisville commitment but it's really back and forth right now from talking to people and I think ultimately when you talk to people in in the building in Texas they'll tell you hey we still think we're going to get this kid so I think that could obviously be one Um, if they're working on flips they're doing a really good job of keeping it kind of close to the vest because I haven't heard a lot in in that way Um, as of right now I, I think that you know they're down to a couple of spots left They'd like to see what they get. They'd like to go work the portal from there. They got a big portal commitment today from Gavin Holmes, the corner out of uh, Wake Forest. And, uh, yeah, I think that they've, they're, they're still trying to add as much as they can right now. Hey, Mike, which one of these prospects helps Texas um, right away? Um, which one of them hits the field with the most impact snaps and reps early on? Well, you know, obviously Arch Manning gets all the headlines in. A Manning for one, and he's the number one player in the country. But I think the two guys that get on the field immediately and help this team—I'll um, give you one on offense and one on defense. Cedric Baxter, the, the running back from uh, Edgewater in Orlando, is a guy that uh, I think Rod will remind a lot of people of Cedric Benson in his running style. Um, he's also got some dreads, so I mean, you know, he kind of falls in line with the Really big, bruising running back, about 6'1", 215. Uh, you know, really plays the physical downhill style. I think he's a guy that competes for that starting job or at least, you know, a lot of work in the rotation right away. And then uh, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a, a few different candidates. I think it's hard not to pick Anthony Hill, the five-star linebacker from Denton Ryan, number one inside linebacker in the country. Is I would, I've told people I think is the best, pound-for-pound football player in the state of Texas over the last two to three years. I mean, he was just – not only was he a freaky prospect, but he was just a really, really good football player. Um, So, you know, I think he's a guy that can come in and play almost immediately. Mike, I wanted to ask you this. We're talking to Mike Roach of Horns 24-7. Mike, I was looking at the um, safety position, and my man from from, – Louisiana, New Iberia, Derek Williams is somebody that if you watch his film, it pops out to you. 
Um, he's sitting at a four-star, possibly going to be a five-star, should be a five-star in, in most uh, accounts. But when you watch this kid, who does he remind you of? And is he another player that can make an immediate impact? When people ask me, like, who does a player remind you of, I always kind of shudder to give a name just because, like, if the player didn't work out, it, it, people get a bad day. Right. But when I look at Derek Williams, I think about B.J. Foster as a high school prospect. He was a guy that – Big size safety that could run and cover the field. He could hit. Uh, was a two-way star running back and at, at safety, which Derek Williams plays both as well. Yep. I think what you saw early from DJ Foster in Austin with his impact on the team, that's a similar type of impact that Derek Williams have. Obviously, you hope he doesn't have the injury issues that BJ Foster had. And they, but I think from a prospect level, that's kind of who, who I look at when I see him. Nice. Hey, Mike, give me your thoughts about <clears throat> Sadir Mitchell. I mean, he's 6'5", 335, coming out of New Jersey. First of all, you get out, you're coming out. When Texas gets a guy that deep on the East Coast, what was the last time Texas got a prospect out of New Jersey? Was it Sims? Uh, I can't recall the last time Texas got a kid out of uh, – yeah. It I, might be Sims. I, I think it is Sims. I think it, I think it is your boy. Um I yeah I think the uh, deer fits really what they're looking for in that SEC type of defensive lineman. Massive. You watch his film; he's not going to be the guy breaking into the backfield and creating a ton of sacks. But what he is is one of those space eaters up front that you know two gap well, and he's hard to move off the ball, mm. and just kind of the size you need to play against lines in the SEC. Um, they needed those bodies, and having Kyle Flood on staff who has such extensive ties to the Northeast and uh, particularly the state of New Jersey really helped in that recruitment. I, I, I really like, uh, I think he comes in college ready size, um, you know, depending on how he does coming in their camp and everything. I think he's the guy that you look at to start getting immediate snaps as well. Yeah, uh, Mike Roach joining us right now. Uh, if you haven't heard by now, Mike has a, a great book that he wrote um, most recently, and you can get it at Amazon. It's a great gift uh, for the holiday season for all those folks out there who are big Longhorn fans but also recruiting fans. Uh, the Road to Texas, incredible twists and improbable turns along uh, the Texas Longhorns recruiting trail. Uh, you can also um, uh, get his work at Horns 24-7, the recruiting editor there at Horns 24-7. Mike, I wanted to ask you this, man. You're looking at this class, and over the last couple of years, Steve, um, Coach Sark, and the entire staff, they work relentlessly on trying to build this roster and constantly turning it over. I know you talked about some of the impactful players. What's next for this Texas team? Now that this part of signing day is getting ready to be wrapped up, there's one more signing day that's coming up in February. Do you see them making another move for a couple more players, or is this pretty much set right now? Well, there's still a couple guys out there. We've yet to see what DeAndre Moore is going to do. We've yet, uh, you know, Jelani McDonald, the four-star athlete from Waco Connolly, will make his announcement at the All-American Bowl January 7th. Texas is very much in play there. Tyler Scott, a defensive back from Georgia, will make his announcement. Uh, sounds like Oregon may be the pick, but Texas definitely in the mix after hosting him. And then Deuce Robinson, the, the uh. nation's top tight end. Phoenix, Arizona is another guy that we've got to watch all the way to February because Texas is in the mix there. So still a couple of high school guys. I think they're going to really use January to figure out what they have, what they need, and what they can hit the portal for. 
And I think that, that January is probably going to be when we see some heavy portal activity. Okay. And, you know, Mike, one of the things I like about this recruiting class <clears throat> And, you know, I've talked about this for a while. I'm sure you feel the same, um, that Texas needed to have a bigger presence in Louisiana. Right? It's a mm-hmm. neighboring state. It, in terms of, you know, uh, NFL players per capita, Louisiana's always top five to seven um, every year producing NFL talent. LSU doesn't really have any true uh, peers or competitors in that state. They're the only big dog. You can go in there and you can steal some high-level talent. Hell, they did more than that this year. They got the number one player <laughs> in the country in Arch Manning out of Louisiana and then also got a high-level safety, as Derek you guys Williams, mentioned, yeah. out of Louisiana with Derek Williams. Um, and I love the fact that they also went to Florida. Um, are we going to see more of this kind of widespread uh, recruiting footprint from Texas going forward? At least, of course, you know your bread and butter is Texas, but when you're trying to, when you get out of the state, you're going for the big dogs and those whales out in, uh, in those other states. Listen, they've been uh, a national recruiting team since Steve Sarkeesian arrived in Austin, and, and I think Tom Herman did a lot of that. I think he expanded out west, but you're seeing Steve Sarkeesian expand everywhere. They signed a player from the state of Hawaii for the first time in program history this year. Casilia yeah. Conham have played all like the last three years in Utah, but he made his announcement in Hawaii. He's another one that um, you know you could technically count that they signed two players from Hawaii. California was involved. You know they were in it for guys from Utah and guys from Arizona, and uh, you know they hit Florida, New Jersey, and Louisiana. They're hitting the right spot. And I think in the past, you looked at those places and said, well, those are, that's SEC country. You can't get a kid out of there. And I think that they've just kind of thrown that out the window and said, we're, we're Texas. We're going to go recruit them like we are one of the best programs in the country. And, you know, you're not always going to win those battles. And you might waste some time fighting those battles when you could be winning, you know, other ones. But I, I think they're worth it, especially in Louisiana, where LSU does run unopposed for a majority of the kids. And you've got something to sell and not that far from home. Yep. No doubt. Man, yeah. this is this yeah. has been so much fun. So the last couple of seasons, obviously, you've been paying a lot of attention to what's been going on with recruiting. Your your boots on the ground all the time. Got a chance. I saw you with Snoop Daniel, our man, Snoop, Snoop. Snoop at the state <laughs> championship games. When you're looking at what Texas has done, do you think the momentum is picking up for the University of Texas in their recruiting? Uh, obviously, the coaches have done a great job. They're always out, and it's seems to be a 24-7, no, no pun intended, job for them to be out there. Do you see these guys continuing to pick up that momentum? Yeah, it's a really relentless recruiting staff, and I think it helps that they, you know, 8-4 and four is never the goal of Texas, but showing improvement this year I think helped. But listen, I mean, people are waiting for this team to get back to national prominence, and Eight and four was good enough this year. I'm not sure it will be next year. You know, this is a team that needs to continually show improvement. And the thing that has plagued coaches over the last 10, 12 years is that every time they build a little bit of momentum, they crater on the field. They've got to keep moving forward because ultimately nothing helps recruiting like winning. Yep. I agree no with that. doubt. No question. No doubt. Uh, Mike, we appreciate the time, man. We know it's your busy season. Um, so thanks for joining us for a little while. And uh, best it's of luck. It's almost time for you to take a break now, brother. <laughs> you, get to, you get to sleep for a while. Uh, it'll be nice because I'm running on about three hours right now. I'm actually driving down tomorrow to go to uh, Darian Gillette's 
ceremony and then driving back, and then I will get to sleep tonight. Man. Hey, well, be safe on road that road, warrior, Mike. Yeah, man. man. Road be safe warrior. on that road, Mike. Thanks for the time, brother. <laughs> Thanks, folks. Happy holidays, too. All right, that's my man, Mike Roach. Yeah, uh, one of the best no in the business when it comes to recruiting. We got a lot of uh, great uh, recruiting sites here, but uh, Horns 24-7, one of the best. And my man, Mike Roach, is one of the best, too. Go check out his work. And also, like I said, he is a published author now. I'd like to congratulate him on that, too. It's a big move by that's him. That's huge. Uh, the Road to Texas, incredible twists and improbable turns along the Texas Longhorns recruiting trail. Uh, so it's really uh, cool. And you can go get that over at Amazon.com. Craig Way. Wrote the forward. I love it. Yeah. I uh, love so it. nice little Christmas Wait a gift. Did I hear that stuffer. you had something to do with it too? Is uh, that he what he speak, said? He did speak to me. And uh, yeah, so I am like quoted in the book a okay. couple of times. Okay. Like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, but okay. So, yeah, nah, that's just, hey, <laughs> trust me, it, that ain't add no value to it. I didn't got real lot, legendary Lifetime Longhorns that are that are actually featured in the book. So it's really cool telling some of the inside stories and some of the uh, behind the scenes stuff about Texas football you. recruiting. I got you. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks to Mike Roach. Uh, we got Hearts Knock Life coming up next. Uh, what you got coming up? We're going gonna to talk a little bit about how quickly the tables will turn on you if you are a candidate for anything and you deal with an injury and then all of a sudden oh, yeah. things change in your life. We got to get this because we got just a little preview, a little appetizer earlier. Yeah. And I thought it was an interesting conversation. Um, I can't wait for this. So we'll give a little extra time. Yeah. Get out early so we can devote some time to talking about this because yeah. nobody's really – taking a kind of stranglehold on the um, MVP conversation just yet. It was Jalen Hurts, and yeah. uh, now all of a sudden it ain't. So we'll talk about that Things coming up change. next. Things change. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folk, but in front of your own speak, my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a midweek movie music uh, edition of Ball Don't Lie. We figured out that the music today is brought to you by Elf and our man Patrick Davis. My, my, my boy Rob Babers figured that out real quick. We were listening to the music and we're like, oh, okay. And he figured out uh, it was Elf. I'm forced to watch that movie five times a holiday season. Well, my wife insists so. Well, get ready. It's going to be six, seven, eight more times. Oh, I already know, you know it's coming. Yeah. I don't mind the movie, but yeah. yeah. I like Elf. I like Elf, but yeah. I don't love it. Santa is coming! <laughs> it's Santa! I know him! I, listen, I, <laughs> like I don't know if I like any movie five times in a month. Well, just like yeah, around the holiday season, I ill just because it's it's on it's so, on much. Yeah. so much. So you're I don't know if we watch the, the watch the whole yeah. thing from start to finish, but I guarantee you, just randomly on background doing chores, cooking, it's gonna be on, and I'm like, oh, and it's again? so funny. I almost wore that sweater today. Did you really? I have an elf sweater with uh, our man Will Ferrell. There you go. I almost wore it today. Did you really? See, I there did. you go. That, that would have been serendipitous. Yeah. It's, it, <laughs> I, I mean, it's sitting there in my closet, and I switched it right before I left. I swear to you. Because you know why I switched it? 
because I forgot Texas was playing today, so I had to grab this. Uh, some barred orange? Yeah, I had to figure out something. You, you don't want to go. Yeah, what, I, what, what color is the uh, elf sweater? It was green. green? Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had to switch it up. There you go. So you should have worn it now. I now know. you know the midweek movie music. I'm mad at myself now. Is elf. Now I'm going to end up wearing it tomorrow. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to end up wearing it tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at HardballHard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. And we also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line 512-337-3776. So let's get into this conversation because I think it's an interesting one. And our man CB is already ahead of the game because he sent us the information that in 2017 Carson Wentz was somebody that was looked at to be a possible MVP, but everything changed for him when he got injured. So I'm looking at what, um, and by the way, Nick Foles will be starting for the uh, Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football this week. Wow. He got the he got the nod for the start. So not only did Jeff Saturday come back in, change it from one Westlake dude uh, from Sam Ellinger, put in Matt Ryan, and now he's going to another Westlake dude in Nick Foles since he took over the job. I wonder how often two quarterbacks from the same high school start for the same team. I think this might be the first season. one ever. Because I know it's, it's probably happened before the same high school, just started games. Of course, yes. we've seen that. But same two quarterbacks from the same high school who start games for the same team in the same season. Hey. Twitter, do your thing. I mean, uh, but I specs know, text line, I, I do your Baker thing. I know Baker Mayfield and Garrett, Garrett Gilbert, Gilbert were yeah. one. They own the same team, so I don't know if they started the same team. They could have, though. They, I think so they, they did. They could I have. I think they, they were part of that group, that. too. Yeah. But I sit here today, and I'm looking at how all of a sudden everybody was talking about Jalen Hurts and the season he was having and how he was an MVP candidate. And when he started the season, he wasn't the favorite. And then the season starts, and he, he ends up becoming the favorite. And Jalen Hurts' odds, and this was from uh, DraftKings two days ago. Two days ago. This was before they told us that he was going to not start. Right, that's when the initial conversation came out, and they were saying he's not going to be the starter. He's not. He's not going to play in this game. So Hertz odds jumped to plus fifty by uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, and Mahomes now is the new favorite. That's crazy, man. At minus two twenty five. Yeah, because of the injury, and then mm-hmm. you go down the list and you start looking at some of the players that were involved prior to this injury. He was minus 150 heading into this. He was by far the favorite. His yeah. team is 13-1. and one. They're continuing to win. He's going to go play against the Dallas Cowboys this week. And everybody, all eyes are on that game. We have been talking about it. This is going to be the most watched game. It was. Now, all of a sudden, yeah, I don't know if it, it kind of changes yeah. because we don't know if he's going to be in the game. So I pose the question, as of right now, the numbers have obviously changed. He's not the guy. You start looking at it, and we say, he's going to come back and play. He's going he's gonna to end up playing it again because he's been talking about it. He said, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to be in this game this weekend. So you start looking at the MVP, and if he does play, and he doesn't play well, he's less effective than what we thought before. He's having to hand the ball off. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's one touchdown away from leading the NFL for quarterbacks in a single season Behind Cam Newton. 
He's behind Cam Newton. If he gets one more touchdown, rushing he's going to have rushing touchdowns yeah. that will take over for Cam Newton. Yeah. But as you're watching this and and you're starting to unravel, you look at Patrick Mahomes, you look at Josh Allen's, you look at the Joe Burrows, Tua Tungavaloa mm-hmm. for what he was doing. Justin Jefferson's getting some love. Uh, Kirk Cousins is even getting he some love. He actually deserves it. He right. shouldn't win it, but he deserves it. Right. I do love if you look at the the like a graph of Tua's MVP odds. Oh, it just they start out about where they're at right now, a little bit lower, and then he jumps up to a favorite, and then down, and then up, and then way back down again. Right. Yeah. It just changes so mm-hmm. much. So I was then I flipped over to um, the in, Vegas Insider. And you start looking at some of these names and where they are. And I'm just curious to the fact of who truly is the NFL MVP. Remember at the beginning of the year, Micah Parsons was getting a lot of love. Is, is a defensive player able to be MVP? Yeah. Is there? Is this kind of like the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, exactly. You got to keep up a ridiculous rate right. of production for a defensive player, right? I mean, that's almost impossible these days. And it's just, it just is curious mm. to how all of a sudden we go from looking at one team and looking at one player, and the the odds change mm. just that quick, and it's not because. He played like crap. No. Nope. It's not because uh, his team's struggling. It's strictly because of a guy getting injured. And now the entire look of him goes. So the current odds as of right now on spedding, uh, sportsbettingdime.com. That's crazy. Patrick Mahomes is now the MVP favorite at minus 350. Just like that. Pat uh, Jalen Hurts. Plus five fifty. Joe Burrow is in third place. He and Josh Allen are plus uh, six hundred. Tua mm. is plus fifteen thousand. Joe Burrow can make a move. He definitely well, can make a move. Let me let me tell you something that's interesting about that. You know the Monday night game is next week. Who's that? Bills Bengals. Well, so that could be. Yeah. That is a Ooh. big game for the MVP race. If big, Josh yeah. Allen and Joe Burrow are Great sharing uh, basically odds right there, yep. if one of them comes out and Separate falls them. out of control and separates themselves. They go in there. It's a great point. And, and then, then you'd have Jalen Hurts being injured, so he'd lose more ground if he, he doesn't play. Right. Oh yeah. No, you're the Bengals right. are the and Chiefs. Who, who do the Chiefs play? That's they don't gotta, really. That play, they play they the Seahawks, uh, yeah. the Broncos, and the Raiders. I will say that against the Texans, man. Patrick so they'll Holmes put up, he'll put up good numbers. He'll put up great numbers. He'll yeah. put up numbers, but it won't be like no one's watching those games and no one cares. Not a marquee. That's the thing is you're the game on Monday night football. Yeah. When there is bowl games, but there's no bowl game that night. No, that's true. But so you're a prime attraction. But here's the other thing about point. that. Is this a Heisman Trophy type of situation where people have already put their mind to that point where it's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes is minus 350. Well, but see, I'm going to give you a different theory on that one. Is what I think is Patrick Mahomes, we've known the Kansas City Chiefs have flown way under the radar this season. 100%. But they also. And I think Vegas needs to even out them books. And I think they need to get some money on Patrick Mahomes. And so they put his rates up to be like, hey, we need to change this money up because Patrick Mahomes, we're getting the weird money in with Patrick Mahomes because he's under the radar, so people are putting too much on one side mm-hmm. and not enough. Let me even out those odds a little bit, and then we'll reset it after this week and pick who we want to put up there. I, I think it's weird that Jalen Hurts dropped. I don't think Jalen Hurts should have dropped. But I'm guessing there has to be something with money why they push Patrick Mahomes up because he didn't, he didn't look great against the Texans. Right, until late in the game. 
It's like he I mean, had like, to make plays again. You, and we haven't even talked about how bad they looked against the Texans. Remember when the Cowboys like, did it, we were like, oh, Cowboys, I can't believe it. Yeah. And this is a team that, to Rod's point, there's death, taxes, and the Kansas City Chiefs went in the AFC West. Dominant. Seven straight years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Seven straight years. They, they, they are the team that we're like, oh, we expected. But they struggled. They yeah. had to come down to the very end of but the game. But Mahomes to be able didn't to, struggle. Right. But his team did. He so if they would have lost. He had 80, at nearly 88% completion percentage. He didn't struggle. He only had five incompletions, and he threw 41 times. He did not struggle. And, and, <laughs> and the Dak, team did, though. And Dak had seven incompletions. And yeah, people are yeah. trying to crucify him. They are. You know what I'm saying? True. So good it's point. like, it's where's the number? It's a good point. And I'm not even going on the Dak side because I know people who have but their Dak strong. Dak had turnovers, though, right? Yeah, he did have turnovers. Yeah, so had, Patrick Mahomes did not have a turnover. Didn't have a turnover. Yeah, yeah. But you sit there and you're like, to Patrick's point, nobody's really talked about the Kansas City Chiefs. They just kind of done their thing and continued to roll and – you know, Travis Kelsey, he's also on this list. He's plus 5,000, mm. I believe. Yeah. I, no, I'll... plus 50,000 to be MVP. Christian McCaffrey, plus 50,000. Dak, plus uh, 30,000. Kirk Cousins, Ma- plus 30,000. Mahomes may back his way into an MVP this year. And that's so crazy. He may just kind yeah. of backdoor MVP. I, it depends, though. That Monday night game. I think only the Monday night game is That big. Monday night game, if, if Josh Allen or Joe Burrow balls out of control in that game, the second last week, and then a lot of guys sit the last week because playoffs are set. Mm-hmm. So that may be, hey, man, the last thing a lot of these voters are seeing is these two guys going at it, and those voters last thing, man, how can I vote against that guy? Exactly. It's the last thing in my mind. How can I vote against that guy? Yeah. And so th- that could be a big one. But, yeah, you're right. Patrick Mahomes, he could – man, that is a shame for Jalen Hurts that he played too well for most of the season <laughs> that his bar was set so high. They're like – Hey man, why aren't you jumping over this bar in week seventeen? Like <laughs> exactly, the bar is, it's like twenty stories yeah. high. Keep jumping. I, right? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, it, it's unfair, but I definitely could see Patrick Mahomes gaining ground as, and maybe Jalen Hurts doesn't lose ground. Maybe he just doesn't gain any ground because he's not playing. Right, and that's and the other, guy, other and, and, part and of it. As Patrick too. said, you got other guys, primetime marquee games for Allen and Burrow, and then Mahomes just keeps doing his thing. And when you look up in all the stats, you compare all the all Jalen Hurts stats to, to Josh Allen or compare them to Joe Burrow, and then you look at Mahomes, you go, well, Mahomes is right in, in that conversation. Yes. If not better. Right. And and, and he does. He, I mean, he is Patrick Mahomes, and he is the the one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game thus far. But you look at what Josh Allen has done this year. Remember, he was one of those guys at the very beginning. He was the favorite to be the MVP because of the things that he did last year. You look at what Joe Burrow, they started off slow again. But now they're trending in the right direction. And he is one of the main reasons, if not the main reason. But, of course, you look at what Jalen Hurts did. Did any of us see them being 13-1 and at this point? No. And if you say you did, you thought they'd be good, but you never thought they would be at 13-1 and one because it is the NFL. There are so many things that happen in the game where teams play great and then all of a sudden there's a tip ball or an interception here or something just happens mm-hmm. to where your team, you play great the whole time, but you end up losing. I, Onside kick, a long field goal. There's I, I so many things. the conversation in the hallways here with a lot of people six weeks into the season was – yeah, well, Jalen Hurts is the worst six-wing quarterback in the league. Right, he's the worst. He is terrible. That was that was six weeks in the league. People were saying we're still talking mad trash about him. 
So, I mean, maybe that goes into why people would maybe the betting odds is people are like, oh no, cool. I feel like, well, he's hurt. he's not playing. That is but, fair too, Patrick. That he didn't. He started from such um, a deficit almost in the pup court in of public pub opinion because yeah. nobody expected this from Jalen Hurts. Right. So it helped him in a sense that he, it was a great surprise story, and they kept winning because yep. we know it was substantive. But the fact that people kept waiting on the other shooter drop. When is he going to have his bad game? His bad right. game's coming. When is it coming? And it hadn't really had a bad game. But now he's, he's hurt. Off game. Like, now we he's knew hurt. he would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're using this as a, the bad game. It's like, oh, he didn't have a bad game. Right. So it, 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 it does seem unfair. I just don't know if you can win the MVP if you don't play in. So you got 17 games now? He, he's going to play in at least 15 of them 17 so games. So, like, if they, if they lose the next two games and he comes in week 18 and smacks the Giants, then you have to give it to him, right? Yes, because then, like, so. if, he, if they lose two, and then he clinches the one seed in I Week 18 so. against another playoff bound, like another playoff team in the Giants, looks like it. You got it. You got to give it. Does, him, right? What if he comes back this week and tries to play? Because Oof. you heard Nick Sirianni talking about the fact he's not like us. He's not. He he heals differently. He. X-Men yeah, quality. That's, you know I what I'm saying? I think that's that Dak talk, though. I yeah, think it's the same thing that Dak, yeah. they said about Dak before that Eagles game. I understand He's it. Come back. Hey, man, we said four to six weeks. Yeah, but three, he could be. He it, could be ready at three. It would be one of the, mo- the riskiest, most irresponsible decisions made by a front office Arguably in NFL history because it's a sprained shoulder, which basically means you need a week or two. You go out there and hurt it more and aggravate it more. It goes from being a sprain to something a little bit more severe. And then you're talking about the fit hitting the shan and all of your playoff hopes going out the window. I, I think Vegas is looking at it just like I am. Like Patrick goes, there ain't no damn way they tried him out there. If they do, I will be, and I don't use this word a lot as a, a black man, flabbergasted that they would throw him out there. That would, And that would be a dang coaching mistake. So here we go. It'd be That's terrible. the conversation that It'd I'm bringing bad. is – he may want to play, but the organization tells yep. him no. Yep. And now my man is being penalized Agreed. because of that. Because they're like, we want the title. Right. Your MVP would be nice, but we need that title. Right. We need a championship. Right. So and that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. And you think you? We just talked about it. Kansas City has already won that division. They're set. They're set. What if Andy Reid decides to set Patrick Mahomes? It ain't gonna happen. Mm. And Patrick Mahomes. We all know has been dinged up. He's been paying through some pain as well, not to this severity that we've been watching. But those are the things that I continue to talk about. It's like, okay, uh, why are we penalizing Jalen Hurts for this? Because his coaches mm. are saying it. His medical staff. It's not that the kid don't want to play. Yeah, he definitely wants to play against the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, in, Mahomes, te- in Texas, Mahomes still does have seating. Like that's the crazy thing about the Jalen Hurts is they have to win one out of three two. Have the number one seed. Yeah, it's not like, hey man, you got to do this to win the division or that. Right. No, to have the number one, because Mahomes is what they're at eleven wins in Kansas City, ten wins in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. That can easily flip in three games Very where true. you lose you lose positioning. Yeah. So I, I get why you have to play Mahomes there, except for maybe Week 18. But yeah, that's why I think it would be interesting if Week 18 hits and everything's locked in except for that one seed. And so they go, oh, no, no, Jalen Hurts is going to trot back out there and go win the MVP. Yeah, the number one seed for both teams, for the AFC, would be between Buffalo right now and, of course, Kansas City. So they're both playing for that number one overall seed for home field advantage. So that would be the other part of the conversation, too. So it's just crazy to me that all of a sudden my man get hurt and his odds flip that fast. Well, I also put it this way. If Gardner Minshew goes out and is just bad, and I don't expect him to be right, bad, but right. I'm saying if he is, 
does that now jump Jalen Hurts back up again? No, it's it's definitely because you go well. Clearly, it's not just the quarterback. It adds to narrat- It adds to the narrative, uh, which helps Jalen Hurts that they need him. Right, like right, he, right, he right. is truly the most valuable piece of that. You know, uh, that winning story. ball club. Yes, yes right. and that success story they have there. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's a good point. Gardner Mitchell goes out there, balls out, those for three hundred yards. Yeah. You'd be like, see, I told you it was the system that they're in. Yep. And then Nick Sirianni, I guess, will get more credit that he's the coach of the year, uh, more so than Jalen Hurts being the MVP. Either way. Um, I think you make you make a valid point, Marge. It's unfair. It's, yeah. it's the reality, though. He's definitely losing ground. You can feel it. Vegas is and he's probably sitting there too, like it. I want to play because he knows it. Yeah, you know, he's like I'm trying. I'm, I'm I trying may not to, be uh, a front I'm runner to for MVP paid. ever again. I want to yeah. win MVP, and y'all got to pay me. And that goes something more sinister too. That yes. Philadelphia might be like, no, no, no. We want you to rest me, well rested for the playoffs. Yeah, you probably won't win MVP, um, but. You know, hey, we'll get you rested. We'll win a championship. Yeah. You can use that in your negotiations, but most players be like, I want the MVP and the title. Yeah. I want it all. I want it all. The cake and I, I want to eat it too. I'm greedy. <laughs> I'm greedy. They brought in two to take my position. I'm not giving <laughs> nobody else my spot. Yeah. No, that's a good point, man. That's yeah. a good conversation. I, I don't know. He's, not, he's definitely not going to play, in my opinion, versus Dallas. But I do wonder after that how the chips fall. Because remember, all they need is a win or a loss by yep. the top seeds in the NFC. Lost by Dallas, lost by San Fran, or a loss by Minnesota. And it can still clinch the yep. number one seed in the NFC. Yep. Um, and they, well, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the MVP. But I think those two conversations are obviously related. All right, we come back. We'll get into off the record. There's a conspiracy theory, um, the all-time most popular conspiracy theory. Actually, the story the conspiracy theory actually originated from, the term originated from, has once again become a hot topic of discussion. Um, we'll discuss it on the other side hmm. because apparently there's a, there, there are new relevant details in a very old story. Okay. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Horn. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get it. Bring the income. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to another edition of Off the Record here on Ball Don't Lie. Um, are you guys familiar with the um, the the Congress JFK Records Collection Act? No. Well, 1992, uh, Congress passed the JFK Record Collections Act, and it it basically stated by 2017 it's supposed to be full disclosure of all JFK records and files by government entities and institutions on the basically on the JFK assassination. The CIA owns most of them. CIA has about 75% of them and the FBI has some of them too. And a lot of them have been disclosed to the public or made open uh, to the public, but the CIA is actually refusing to release thousands of these records, essentially claiming uh, you know, it, it's home security. Uh, it's you know, it's one of those things where it's it's more about uh, national security. It, it'll it'll put our 
our national security at risk potentially if we release details about these things, even though I, most people are dead, probably everybody's dead, that had anything to do with, uh, you know, the or investigated the JFK assassination, the Warren Commission, all that kind of stuff. Um, and recently, and this actually is a tweet by Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who tweeted out a story um, from Newsweek uh, about what some people believe, based on the documents that have been released, is a CIA connection to Lee Harvey Oswald, mm-hmm. who they claim that they never really had a connection to him. And there conspiracy. have been, yes, as a matter of fact. Yep. Um, and conspiracy theory actually comes from the JFK mm-hmm. assassination. They yes, talk about the New York Times in 1964 printed the term conspiracy theory multiple times in reference to the JFK assassination or the investigation and it became part of the kind of a, uh, the American pop culture uh, uh, subconscious, if you will, at the time. And so now there are multiple people claiming, and I got this from um, Newsweek, said in Tuesday, a press conference earlier this week, um, at the National Press Club, Jefferson Morley, a veteran of the D.C. Press Corps and preeminent expert on JFK assassination with the Merrill Farrell, Mary Farrell Foundation, told reporters that he and attorneys uh, with the foundation obtained documentation relating to a still classified covert approved uh, mission by senior CIA officials uh, three months before Kennedy's death that suggested that the agency used Oswald um, for intelligence purposes several weeks prior to the shooting. Uh, Tucker Carlson. Most recently went off about this. Um, shocking. No, he did. No, I'm saying. No, he did. He, he he said that he's got sources that claim that the CIA that basically the the records that the CIA is refusing to make public that they they've been um, ordered by Congress to do that basically they're doing it because the remaining documents that have not been released prove there is an involvement and connection between the CIA and Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh He said he asked the question straight up to a source of his about CIA involvement in the JFK assassination. He said, quote, the answer is yes. Um, The source said, I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all fake. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, no, just like it, grassy it, no. No, no, no. It's weird though no, that they won't. Re- no. I don't want that. Why they won't release the rest of the documents? So that's why people are freaking out because they won't release the rest of the documents. And one of the details in some of the documents that have been released is that Louis Joylan West, uh, he's the name of a physician, a uh, psychologist uh, or psychiatrist, or probably both, who visited Jack Ruby after Jack Ruby assassinated Lee Harvey Oswald. And he's the one that declared him clinically insane. Um, And at the time, nobody knew that he actually had a background and resume that he worked with the CIA. And now those documents have revealed that that guy who visited Jack Ruby, who declared him clinically insane, also CIA at one point. Mm -hmm. There you go. Throwing it out there. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just throwing it. it, it, it just you know, throwing yep, it out there. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah. It is. Most people believe there was a conspiracy of some kind. Just don't know exactly what happened. Yeah, we know it was a conspiracy. We just don't know who 
was involved in the conspiracy. There's always a conspiracy. There you go. We've all been paying attention to uh, There you go. <laughs> yeah. um, so CIA in a little bit of hot water because they're, they're refusing to release the rest of those documents. All right, there you go. A little off the record. We'll come back. We'll get into uh, get back into Texas 2023 recruiting class. Um, oh, sorry. Signing class officially okay. now. Okay. Uh, the signing class for the 2023 uh, group. We'll also get back into uh, breaking down um, their ranking and apparently they are not done. Still could have some more surprises is good kind right here uh, for Texas signing day. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Now the Horn.